This is really about being free to create what you want your life to look like. We each are our own hero. And how do we take the challenges that come our way and see those as the birth process of us becoming heroic? Can you meet that judgment that ultimately will surface with neutrality? This is the Wall Street Coach Podcast with Kim Ann Curtin. Welcome back, everybody, to the Wall Street Coach Podcast. Today is going to be Lucas Peterson and I talking about your all-time favorite movie, Fight Club. How are you, <laughs> Lucas? Great. How are you, Kim? I am good. Yeah. I had a very interesting weekend where I rewatched Fight Club, and because of that, and the enthusiasm that I have been feeling since watching it, I thought this would be a really great topic for us to take on and to hash out and to also help articulate a very hard to articulate concept, which is coaching and what the hell happens in coaching and why the hell do I need it if you're ever asking yourself, listeners, hopefully we answer those questions today. Yeah. Yeah. To be clear, this is not going to be just a movie review of Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> Although that we might slip a little bit of that in. It's going to be kind of pulling apart why it's so popular among men and young men. It's, it, it's, it's evergreen. This is not a movie that goes out of style. Um, and I read quite a bit about the movie and the impact it's had on men this weekend as well. I had seen it before years ago, but I rewatched it with a new set of eyes this weekend and was really uh, blown away at the hard truths, which even in my some of my you know social media, I've been using that phrase just since watching it more often um, because I really find that the alter ego of Tyler Durden is speaking hard truths to the narrator, also known as Jack, among certain, you know, online platforms. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, I think the resonance that men experience are those hard truths that they feel inside, that they feel Tyler speaks to, calls out, and allows them to feel hurt in a way that very few uh, in today's culture hears them. I'm curious, especially because you're a man, Lucas, like how it spoke to you when you first saw it, how many times have you seen it? Like what, what did it do for you when you first did see it? Yeah, uh, I will say it actually is one of, was one of my favorite movies. I have it it's sitting right over there on the bookshelf. Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> I don't own a lot of DVDs, but that is uh, one of them that I, that I still, it was one of the first like movies I remember buying. Um, wow. And I think I did, I, I mean, I saw it when it, when I was probably uh, late teens or early twenties, I don't know, but I've seen a, a lot. Um, and I think there is a lot of, a lot to it around the idea of masculinity because uh you know tyler gets to do all the and does all the things that uh, that we are kind of held back from in society and it's like all these uh he's he's like not afraid to be himself and in many ways yeah. he's he's vulnerable with that and that's it, it feels uh i don't know so enticing uh to be that way and then like you said yeah. jack the narrator character uh is is just like trying to be the uphold the society norms and so um 
yeah, it's an interesting thing. And I, I like to bring it back to coaching, like you said, yeah. um, you know, uh, I think, I think for men, especially, this is why it speaks to men and probably younger men uh, a lot is because we don't often have that confidence to share what is actually happening and what, what is going on in our lives. Like when we are the, the narrator voice, right? And so we create this alter ego in our mind um, to, to help us like get through life, like and push through our goals or whatever it is. And, to, and, yeah. and where we come in as coaches is <laughs> we, don't, we don't want you to have a split personality, right? Like <laughs> we believe in, exactly. in you as the narrator. And yes, we might be Tyler Durden at times to, to push you a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. Why don't, sure. why don't you talk about that a little bit more? For sure. Well, no, I think he's spoken right. We want you to be that narrator, but I think one of the things too, that I was watching and I feel like I have to watch it again from this lens is part of what I see often in coaching with the clients I've worked with is that they aren't listening to their own self narration they are listening to their inner gremlin. And I I feel there's parts where Tyler Durden's character is speaking hard truths that are empowering for Jack. And then it starts to go off the rails. And when it starts to go off the rails, that's when I feel that narration that's happening for Jack is no longer now empowering him but the gremlin who's trying to sabotage him oh and, interesting yeah. and that's what i feel like it, that's why i think it's so important to read the book taming the gremlin because you need to identify that the voice you're listening to is it really your voice or is it uh an inner gremlin or an inner saboteur that is resentful let's just say you know bitter let's just say, uh, feeling like a victim, like especially towards the end of the movie, he, you know, when they're breaking a car's headlights and blowing up buildings, that that is coming from an energy of like, we've been wronged, we are the victim. And that's so disempowering. And ultimately, you know, it starts to wind down, uh, like the downward spiral. But the, but the heart of what I feel at first is happening, like even that very, very intense scene, is it Richard, the poor guy who works at the, you know, 7-Eleven type, you know, bodega who's pulled out to the parking lot and he puts the gun to her head. He sees what six credits of community college. He's like, what did you want to be, Richard? You know, and, and he's like, a veterinarian. <laughs> and he's like, what happened? <laughs> he's like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> he's like, if you're not back in vet school in six weeks, I'm going to kill you. You know, and 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 as horrific as that scene is, it's also powerful because he nails right down on how things we want to do for ourselves just can slip through our hands and we can just get distracted so easily. And then, you know, that part at the end, you know, the guy goes running off and he says, you know, tomorrow Richard's breakfast will taste better than it ever has before. Like he will have a new lease on life. And so, you know, you don't need a gun held to your head, literally people, but if you do your coaching with a powerful effective coach which you guys know i believe 
me and my team are the best out there, you will have that opportunity to be with hard truths. You'll have an opportunity to hear things perhaps that you have avoided looking at for yourself. And you'll be forced to confront, you know, the things that perhaps you've let slip through your hands. Um, but I think why that movie is so powerful, because it's so in your face, it, 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 it forces us to pay attention. It forces yeah. us to pay attention. And I think sometimes, unfortunately, we do need a gun held to our head, at least metaphorically, for us to pay attention. And, you know, I'll just speak to the gun that was held to my head metaphorically, my good friend Todd. Uh, this was probably 20 years ago, uh, you know, we had met and we, we I, I don't know, I guess, I don't know if we were checking each other out. I don't know if it was a date really, we were just friends, but I was at his apartment. I think he was cooking in the kitchen. I was telling him my story. And at some point he said, wow, you really see yourself as a victim. And I, you know, here's a guy I've just met, you know, I'm still sussing him out. Do I like him? Is he cute? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, what? I remember my head almost came off my body because I sweat <laughs> my neck so fast in the kitchen. Did he just say, I see myself as a victim? I was like, you might as well have put a gun to my head. I was so offended and horrified and embarrassed and nailed like that was the truth and there was something about the way he said it he didn't judge me he was stating a fact like it's raining outside or it's sunny he wasn't attached to me being a victim he wasn't trying to make me wrong he just was observing what was so and even though in that moment and he's not a coach because he himself had seen himself as a victim and had gone through landmark, he was able to spot it a mile away. And that, you know, wasn't quite kneeling on the dirty wet ground of the back of a bodega with Tyler Durden holding a gun to my head, but it felt pretty close. <laughs> and that started my whole journey. That is why I did landmark and landmark is why I ultimately became a coach. So, you know, I think just to the listeners, I wanted to say to you, there are times when somebody has put that metaphor gun to your head. And if it's already happened and you have ignored it, don't wait till a real Tyler Durden comes along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's true. I do think uh, there's, a, there's a lot to that, right? When somebody calls you out on something uh, and, you know, we, uh, we do that in coaching, right? But but obviously in a way that, because sometimes people will call you out and they do mean harm and they will say yes, the thing. For that, sure. Uh, but if, 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 you, if it resonates with you, um, it, there's probably something that, to dig in there. And so, yeah. well, yep. and yeah. For sure. But coaches, you know, we, we do it with the client's permission. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, know, yeah. We're not uh, there to insult by any. I mean, if you come to if you come to me and you're you know you're asking me to help you get better, and so I will do everything I can to help you get better. 
be the best person you can be. And so. Absolutely. But sometimes it's tough love and it's not, you know, look, I think anybody that knows me and even listens to both of us, you too here, like we're about wanting to build people up, but there is a time and a place for reality conversations to take place. And, you know, as I I was describing coaching this weekend to some colleagues, and one of the things they pointed out, one of my clients was actually in this conversation, uh, the conversation turned to where they were like, so what is Kim like in her coaching? Is she like she is in like in this forum, in this conversation. And she was kind of like, uh, no, <laughs> like she really kicks my ass, you know? And they were surprised at that. They were kind of like, well, that's different. And, you know, when I think to the friends that I've had uh, over the years who obviously knew that I became a coach, there would be times when they would call, you know, or different family members and they, and they would have a situation. And I would say, well, do you want me to answer? Or do you want me with my coaching hat? No, no, just just you as my friend. <laughs> I don't like you as a coach. You're fucking hardcore. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, huh, that's so funny. <laughs> well, you did you did get that review recently from uh, one of our clients, uh, a mutual client, uh, as kick-ass Kim. So I <laughs> think it's true. So I guess what I'm saying, listeners, is don't let my nice friendly disposition (laughs) (laughs) fool you (laughs) yeah yeah if you want to i mean i think the you know and lucas you too you too like you also have a very nice disposition and that's not how you show up in your coaching like i think it's it can be a bit of a misnomer like oh they're so nice how are they gonna help me you know yeah that's true i mean obviously we we all should we show you and I definitely show up differently to different social situations. Um, but uh, yeah, in coaching, I mean, like, like we've talked about before, like when we're, we're doing, you know, talking, it's, it's, it's us, um, you know, exploring ideas, but like when we're coaching, it's, it's about that person and it's about yeah. giving them, giving them our all so that they can have all of them. Yeah. Um, yep. I want to I want to talk about we kind of discussed this briefly for a moment uh, before, uh, but I wanted to talk about the idea of the similarities of when kind of Tyler Durden goes off the rails, um, yeah. and like some of the coaches out there who don't necessarily see their clients as uh, whole, naturally and, creative, yeah. resourceful, and whole. Yeah, yeah, and Why that's part of that the, for a minute. The part of the CTI model, you know, that I'm trained in and a big advocate of is it specifically states that every client that I work with, and and this is how my training unfolded, was that you receive the client as naturally creative, resourceful, and whole, W-H-O-L-E. And what does that mean? That means that we don't view our clients as broken or needing fixing. Mm It means we receive people that everything that they're doing, including that which is costly to them, monetarily or otherwise, we're primarily probably talking to traders here, uh, is that it served you at some point in your life, but now it's costing you. But that behavior doesn't make you wrong. It just means what once saved your ass, undoubtedly, is now not saving your ass and is hurting you. 
But at the end of the day, also in this kind of coaching, this style of coaching, which is what we practice here at the Wall Street Coach, it's always with the client is the person who is in charge of where we go in the coaching. We don't set the agenda, the client sets the agenda. And that's part of what at the beginning of the narrator hearing, you know, Tyler, he's speaking his perspective, he's speaking his opinion. And then over time, we discover that now he's in the telling of how to do it, when to do it, and has all these minions who are doing whatever he said to do. And that also is very distinctively different in coaching. You get to agree, disagree, or counter offer with what we put forward. We are here and we will design an alliance with every client we work with from the get-go, which is also unique which I also is why I have chosen to be a coach and not a therapist. When I looked, you know, because I've had so much therapy in my life and I found the coaching that I worked in for myself was so much more effective, fast moving, powerful, uh, empowering. Uh, the differences in therapy, you see the therapist as the expert, not you. And in coaching, you're the expert. So it's a paradigm shift in how you're treated and how you're responded to. Uh, also, like, you know, when we design an alliance, every client I design an alliance with, I'll say to them, I'm here to push you beyond the comfort zone. I'm here to take you way beyond what you think you're capable of because I see you as so much more capable than you probably do. Yeah. So when I do that and I throw the gauntlet down that you're just like, what the hell is she asking me to do? You can agree, disagree, or counter offer, you know, and that empowers the client to know what is going to take them to the edge of their comfort zone without pushing them into tilt. I don't know what that is. They do. And if mm -hmm. I don't trust that they know that for themselves or better yet, they don't know that they can trust themselves. You know, there's that scene at the end when the narrator realizes that the gun isn't in Tyler's hand, but is in his hand. That is the moment where, and because at that point, Tyler's voice has turned into a saboteur, he becomes clear that that voice is not who he is. He can take all the good stuff he's been alerted to. I just feel like part of why he couldn't integrate that in the beginning was because he still felt guilty. He still felt shamed or wrong for having the feelings in the first place. He wasn't happy with a fucking Ikea filled apartment. He wasn't happy not speaking his mind certainly wasn't happy not being able to sleep. He wasn't happy as at his job, but he couldn't let himself feel all that. So that's why Tyler is kind of created because he somehow felt uncomfortable admitting to himself. He doesn't have anybody in his life, for God's sakes. Who is it that he was gonna be ashamed in front of? Nobody was even around him, but it was his own self-shame. And that's why at the end, even that little bit that happens in that, you know, tower, when he shoots himself in the cheek, like he, he's coming from this place of like, wow, 
I have the power. I've had the power this whole time. You know, it's a very different movie, but it's sort of like Dorothy at the end of The Wizard of Oz, where she realizes she had that fucking ruby slippers on the whole time. And she had the power the whole time too, right? It's like, and that only happens when you get that inner saboteur voice slayed, that inner dragon slayed, you know? And we find out, right, uh, the narrator blew up his own apartment. Yeah. Right? Because he was so unhappy. That's the extremes he went to. And, and in a lot of ways, I am a believer uh, in what, you know, Gabor Mate, that psychologist, speaks about. One of his books title is The Body Keeps the Score. Mm-hmm. I do believe that if you don't listen to that knock within, if you don't listen to that dissatisfaction, you know, if you you know, very few people are going to blow up their own apartments, but you're going to blow up your life in some way, metaphorically, with a disease, with marrying the wrong person, with accepting an opportunity that doesn't really suit you. Yeah. Uh, and that frightens me because if you have a bunch of people out there who are freaking miserable, you're going to have a miserable world. Yeah. And uh, to put it directly with trading, it's like when I've seen it myself, I've seen it in all of the clients I've worked with is like, if you're in a drawdown, it's because there's something else going on. Like you're not seeing, you're not seeing things clearly and you, and most of the time you feel like you're unworthy of making money in the market. Um, so yeah, you will <laughs> to, to, you don't have to blow up your apartment. You will blow up your accounts. It, exactly. It, it's a way easier way to do it. Uh, way you can, easier, way easier. And it also, what else does it do? It sabotages you from being able to be the trader and the lifestyle you actually want. Yeah. It's like you self, you know, hitting your own hand. Mm-hmm. Like, who do you think you are that you yeah. could create this kind of life for yourself? Yeah. There's a lot of things. And, and for some people, it's, uh, yeah, it's sabotaging. For some people, it's feeling like, well, I, at least I have control of this. It's, you know, uh, there's... No. But, it's all all an illusion that this is why as a trader people and not just as a trader, but anybody dealing with this kind of a, this is the most competitive game in the world trading. You are going to be so forced to look at all those internal shadows that you just don't want to look at. And it's a mirror. And if you see it as that and not be in resistance to those hard truths, but run with them, Oh my God, you, you're going to not just tra- change your trading, but your whole life gets to change. Your whole life gets to change. And I think, you know, there's when I, you know, watching that movie and, and I don't like violence. Like if you guys know me either, even a little bit, I, I'm not good with violence, but I was able to close my eyes, you know, like that whole scene with Richard. I, I knew where it was going because I'd seen it before. So I was able to close my eyes because I don't like watching a gun at somebody's head, but I could hear the dialogue. So even though, you know, for those who maybe have never seen Fight Club, uh, I highly recommend it. But, you know, if you're sensitive to violence as I am, you know, do what you gotta do, put the dialogue. The dialogue is self-explanatory. You don't need to watch every gruesome scene. (laughs) I close my eyes too and uh, what was his name? 
his friend from the support group is down on the kitchen table. They take off the mask. I, I don't, I didn't look for that either. I don't know, I guess it's the bullets through his face or something. Oh yeah. 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 What was his name? Was it uh, when Bob, when Bob dies? Bob, Bob, yeah, yeah they, Bob got shot. Um, so yeah, there's scenes I definitely couldn't watch, but, um, but I do, I just, I guess I just want to say to men, you know, also, in addition to coaching another, I do, I think I've expressed this many times, I do feel a lot of empathy for men today because of the culture and because, certainly because of this cancel culture that's upon us. And because our, our culture likes scapegoats anyway and has a tendency, but I, I feel the patriarchy, that men are as much a victim of the patriarchy as women are. I mean, in a different way, obviously, but there's still a cause to both sides. And I, I just want to say, like, after watching that movie, again, you know, I think I watched it when it first came out, which is a long time ago, right? 20 years ago? That came probably, out a long time Probably ago, so, yeah. Right? And I just remember watching it this time with even more empathy for men, because I feel like, no wonder, you know, like, this guy is speaking all the truths that they're grappling with every day and nobody's really providing a solution not that right. i see out there I, I believe we are um and i also believe the one the one place that i would point you like first i would say if you really want to you know make a leap into a more satisfying life if you want to make a leap into having more success in your trading yes you should consider coaching. Even if it's not us, I don't care. Just do work on yourself. Do Landmark Forum. The other one I advocate is the Mankind Project, which is just a game changer for men. And it is going to give you that sense of camaraderie where it's men only, uh, where you will have, and, and this is also goes back to Joe Campbell, where you will have an initiation. It is an initiation ritualistic weekend, which I do feel men are in dire need of because our culture hasn't given them an initiation out of boyhood into their manhood. And that's what men are seeking. And what, you know, those men who are standing on the porch for three days, that is their initiation, right? Mm -hmm. They're willing. So what I want to say to you guys is like, stand on the porch for three days, whatever that porch is for you. Maybe it means going into coaching. Maybe it means going to the landmark forum where you're going to be fucking uncomfortable. Or maybe it means going to the mankind project where you're going to be fucking uncomfortable. But guess what? That discomfort will birth you. Yeah. on the other side and what birth doesn't have labor pains none yeah it's something uh, that actually this is reminding me of something that uh you know i talk about and one of the like questions we have when we bring in new clients is what are what are the yeah. things you're most proud of right like what are, and there are always things that yes. you are incredibly uh uncomfortable with uh nervous about scared uh but when you get to the other side of that like that's, those are the things that you're most proud of in your life. So that's right. And all the pain dissipates. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The, that's the hopelessness. Like you just, all you remember is like, wow, I didn't give it. I didn't give up. I pushed mm -hmm. through. Yeah. yeah. And, but I do think because the, the, the outcome becomes more prominent for us. We forget how scared shitless we were. We forget how fucking hard it was. And we're like, it's not hard. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. But you yeah. don't remember that because you're so busy focused on 
the win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good reminder. Really yeah. good reminder. And, and the inverse is true as well, right? Like what are the things you regret or what are the things you yes. wish you could do over? And it's always like, oh, I was too afraid to do that for whatever reason, or I felt like I wasn't ready and I, I know I could have now, like those type yeah. of things. Yep, yep, for sure, for sure. The it's paradox all, it's, of life. The paradox of life, you know, but if you're tired of that paradox and kind of being, you know, on a chain, then you guys, you've got to make, you've got to make a stand for yourself. Yeah. You've got to take that leap and uh, you can't. And, and, and I'm really happy to see Gary Vaynerchuk in, you know, he's been around for longer than I've been around. He's been out there 15, 20 years, just probably about the same amount of time. But his messaging now is all about like, you're 20, you're 25, you're 30, and you don't have it figured out yet. He's like, nobody fucking has it figured out. Like yeah. your parents who are telling you should have it figured out, they haven't fucking uh, yeah. figured it out. So don't be putting this own gun to your own head. I should have it all figured out at 25 or 21 or 18. Like there are kids out there who are like, I don't know, Carrie, I've been on social media, you know, for the past year, I'm 19 <laughs> and I, I'm just not, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he's just like, are you kidding me? He's like at 30, I was working at a cash register in a store selling people booze. Like that's <laughs> yeah. what I was doing. Like it takes a minute. So just, you know, part, part of me, and this is what's, you know, I think a little, perhaps people could be confused because they've heard me talk about me wanting to make sure people give themselves empathy, right? So I, I am about self-empathy. I am about not feeling shamed or not feeling uh, wrong or beating the hell out of yourself. But that doesn't mean I'm not about you doing the hard work or about not being uncomfortable. Like there's a balance. Like that moment that Todd kind of slapped me across the face with my seeing myself as a victim. That was a hard fucking truth. But because he wasn't attached to that and he wasn't making me wrong, I very fortunately was able to hear him. And so that is what we're talking about here, people. What are the hard truths you need to hear about yourself that you probably already know? It isn't about, you know, demonizing yourself. It's about, fuck, I too see myself as a victim. Okay, now do something about that. Yeah. One thing, uh, you know, that I think, because uh, I've thought about this as well, is the, especially the messaging we put out there with like self-empathy and empathy for others. And I, I truly believe like empathy is uh, like our greatest gift and that the thing that we need to uh, remember and hold on to every day um, just to exist in the world. But mm-hmm. what goes hand in hand with that, with especially with self-empathy, is self-responsibility, right? Like that's the other, another one of your five practices. And it's like if you, yeah. if, if you don't have one without the other, uh, you'll be way off balance anyway. So, um, yeah. Or to put it in Tyler Durden's word, a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it means. Like the weakness that men are like glad he speaks about is that weakness initially that's talking about your inability to be with the discomfort. And that's also the culture. Madison Avenue wants you to be weak because if you're weak and you don't take self-responsibility, then you will keep 
eating the foods they're hawking, spending your money on the clothes and the sneakers and the bling that you don't need. Think you got to show off in front of your peers because that's how they're judging you based on the pictures you put on fucking Instagram. Yeah. And that, and, and, and then you just keep buying more stuff to keep yourself isolated because you feel like you're never enough. Mm-hmm. But the opposite of that is not beating the hell out of yourself. It's realizing, oh, that is a racket. And that's what Tyler Durden does an excellent job at calling out at the beginning, you know, and that scene on the bus having come you know from new york city and having written lots of buses and subways in my day all of those ads that are right above the commuters are the ones about you know how to get a man how to get a woman uh sex food and basically um what's the other one weight loss yeah and that's what they see the calvin klein underwear model you know and he's like is that is that what a man's supposed to look like but that's what you guys, you guys are being filled with this bullshit body image just as, not, maybe not quite as much as women, but you're on your way to getting neck and wet neck with us because I'm seeing that all over the place with like whatever those damn magazines are for men. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're, we're, we're all subject to it. And it's, you know, it's, if you like you and I have talked about marketing, um, I've done, I've taken some marketing classes and it's like, these are the things that sell, like make people uh, feel right. like they're missing out and make people feel uh, unworthy of yep. uh, and that they need to more consume more. So that's it. It's a great thing to be aware of uh, for yourself exactly. because you exactly. are, you are whole, you are worthy. Um, yeah. You don't, you don't need a, a new car to be important or be no. uh, you. Yeah, exactly. So. And, there, and it's so funny because there is a quote from him where he says, you're not your bank account, yeah. you know, you're not your clothes, you're not the car you drive. But that quote precedes Tyler Durden. That is an old wisdom quote that I remember reading like 30 years ago in this really cool book called uh, Clearing the Masks of Our Existence. And it's primarily color plates, po- like paintings or drawings. And that is one of the quotes on that page is like, mm. you know, you're, you're not, and, and, and even Matthew McConaughey he talks about in green lights where he says, you know, you're not the political party yeah, you belong party to. Alignment. You're not yeah. the sport team you believe in. Uh, you're not the talismans or, that you wear, you mm-hmm. know, your religion, you know, you're like so much more than that. And even like traders, like some of the traders I know of, along the way that I've spoken to it's their identity trading yeah you can't you can't be your identity can't be trading people (laughs) you can be a trader but you will never be trade trading like you are bigger than that it's fabulous that you may love it it's fabulous that it might be what gets you happy and excited but you've got to see that you are bigger than even that identification for you to have wholeness and for you to not, you know, get sucked into, it's like, you know, then you're on the other side of the screen. You gotta stay on the outside part of the screen. You can't stay inside the screen because you're not a computer, you're a human being. Yeah, it's something that, um, you know, Ricky Analog has talked about, I know, is like, what is it in service to? Um, 
because you can, it, it can, it, I mean, you can do this with any career, right? You can make it all consuming. And I feel like those people then wake up five, 10, 15, 20 years later and are like, Oh shit, what happened? Like, who, who am I now? I'm, I'm I? yeah. What am I? So, and that, and that's part of that character narrator, Jack, you know, his, because he wasn't able to be with the hard truth of his unhappiness in the quote unquote, you know, so socially acceptable job, you know, there, it, it's such an extreme explosion of what he goes through. But imagine that he'd been able to hear some of, let's say the words of Tyler Durden in the beginning and quit his job. Yeah. And took the risk to ask fucking Marla out. Yeah. Just take the, yeah, she's going to shoot you down. Fine. She shoots you down suck it up and deal with that rejection. But most people can't because they go into shame and shame is an unbearable place to be. It is the lowest on the energy levels. I don't know if you've ever read the book Power Versus Force by David Hawkins, but he talks about energy levels and shame is at the bottom of that Mm -hmm. spectrum. There's nothing worse than shame. Anger is even higher Higher, at a energy level than shame is. Shame is despondent, shame is suicide, shame is complete, abject, worst you can be. Yeah. But our, you know, most people have been taught that when you see something about yourself that you don't like, you go to shame instead mm-hmm. of just going coming from a place of like, wow, that's not me at my best. I wonder <laughs> how I change it. Yeah. It's not yeah. that complicated. It's just like Ouch, that, that day in Todd's apartment, I was like, ouch, that is not nice to look at. That is uncomfortable to look at. And it took me a minute. It, it's not like, but then he shared his story. He shared with me how he had realized he had also come from that same place. And even though I was still probably offended when I walked out that door an hour or two later, I couldn't help but be... On, I couldn't help but think, holy shit, there's some truth here. And, and, and he also, to be quite honest, if I think back, I don't know if this happened before, after that conversation, but another friend had spoken to it too. So that's another thing I want to point you guys towards. Have you heard somebody call you out on something more than once? If it's repeated by the people that you do trust, the people that do love you, you got to fucking listen. They yeah. see something about you that it's time to do something about. You know, if it's an asshole who's calling you out on something, take it with a grain of salt. But if it's somebody, you know, look, I didn't barely know Todd. I couldn't even judge if his motives were pure or not. <laughs> but my instinct was like, this guy isn't trying to, you know, be an asshole. Yeah. I knew that. So I could listen, even though it took a few days because, you know, my ego is not happy. (laughs) I was like, who the hell do you think you are? (laughs) If you're hitting on me, this is not working. (laughs) This is not the way to go. It's not the way to get Get to get to seduce me. I'll tell you right now, dude. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. 
Yeah. yeah. So listen to those hard truths that your friends or new friends may have for you. Yeah. Because. And, and listen to yourself. Up. Like what are the, what are the hard truths you, you know, you don't want to tell yourself that's, that's where yeah. it's at. So yeah, for sure. And then get a coach, <laughs> get somebody to help you out. Cause it's, it, you know, they say like, if you want to, if you want to go fast, do it yourself, but if you want to go far, go with others. So. It's good. I haven't never heard that. You haven't? No, I've never heard that before, but I like it. Yeah. I like it. But you know, I just just going back to the concept of like, like me saying, oh, if you're hitting on me, this isn't working. Think about that, guys. Think about like, I would never be attractive to somebody unless it was a very dysfunctional person who had their own stuff. If I had been if i was coming from a place of a victim think about who i would attract in think mm -hmm. about the kind of guy that would want to be with a girl who saw herself as a victim and because the majority of our listeners possibly are men think about that for yourselves guys if you are seeing yourself as a victim how attractive do you think that shit is not much except to another person who's wounded who needs to be the savior. And that is not gonna be a fucking healthy relationship. So if you see stuff about yourself, think about then, okay, if this is true for me in my life and I'm operating under this, I'm drawing to myself the things that keep, in, uh, keep the story line going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we often do that, whether, and if you're, you're not conscious of it, you're doing it unconsciously. Cause that's Absolutely. also like the kind of like what you talked about earlier on is, um, you know, it served you once in the past. And so it's, you're able to hold on to it, your ego trying to protect yep. itself. So. Yep. Absolutely. And that, and that's part of why that movie is so powerfully effective because it's forcing everybody's ego as you know most of us will self-identify with the narrator tyler's voice is cutting through that defense yeah. and that's why i think men and there are a lot of women out there too who are a fan of this movie see that and it's like it's refreshing it's yeah. like a breath of fresh air like finally somebody saying out loud what's the truth mm -hmm. yeah. but you can do that yourself if you get rid of the gremlins which you know i've always talked about taming your gremlin read that book by rick carson that's step one to getting you clear on the voices that you're listening to that are not serving you that are not in support of you breaking free and once you do that, then you do have to like have the ability to have some, you know, a talking to yourself, a hard truth talking to yourself, where you're not shaming yourself or making yourself wrong, but you're holding your feet to the fire of, am I living life that's self-responsible? Am I all caught up in the Maya or the matrix, like the matrix talks about? And if you are like, 
you got to wake the fuck up and it's going to be fucking uncomfortable and you're going to be angry. Like what's that saying, right? The truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. <laughs> That's perfect. And yeah. if you want some hard truths, you call us here at the Wall Street Coach. We'll be <laughs> happy to give them to you. And if you can do it yourself, great. And if you go to Landmark Forum, that also will wake you the fuck up. And so will the Mankind Project. But wake up, everybody. Wake up. We all have work to do on ourselves. You want this world to be awake. You want this world to like seem like a better place. Do the work on yourself first. That's my, one of my favorite quotes from Rumi that says, yesterday I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. Today I am wise, so I'm changing myself. Don't, don't complain. Don't protest. Don't cancel culture X, Y, Z before you do all that in the mirror. That's job one. Yeah. That's great. So that's our movie review of the Fight Club. <laughs> Fight Club. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to hear what our listeners have to say. <laughs> I can't wait. And I would love your comments. We don't get nearly enough comments. I really want them, people. We have a lot of subscribers now. It's growing every day. And I love all of you for listening. But please give me feedback. Let Lucas and I know what you want from us. Do you like this conversation? Do you want more of these conversations? We're here to serve you. We're here to be a contribution. We can only do that if we know what you want. Um, also, if you like what you hear, please go to iTunes and give us uh, a review because that definitely helps putting us with that magical algorithm that has such an impact because remember the matrix is still kind of in charge still. <laughs> <laughs> so help us show up in that damn matrix a little higher uh, to the top of the fold. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and and if you haven't seen Fight Club in a while, maybe watch it again. Yeah, check it out. Thank you for watching and listening to us here at the Wall Street Coach. And we will see you on the next episode. Aloha for now. This has been the Wall Street Coach Podcast with Kim Ann Kirkman. You can find out more about her and her team online at thewallstreetcoach.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. Thank you for listening.